Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Spanish Mustang Radio. I'm your host, Wynn Brookhouse. Together, we will meet and talk to owners, breeders, and trainers of the Spanish Mustang and also uncover some historical facts in our audio journey. I hope you, like me, will become more aware of this wonderful breed of horses. Today, I'm talking with Jorg, Sam, and Pamela Gassman Keeley in Switzerland about their horses. My first question for you folks is, how did you all get involved with the Spanish Mustangs? I grew up in Kansas. I married Jörg, who is a Swiss citizen. We met in Tokyo because my eldest son was diagnosed with dyslexia. We moved back to to Kansas to my parents' house where we were homeschooling and tutoring him. And we had 10 acres available to us, and uh, the boys were begging to have horses. I grew up in as I said, in Kansas, my grandfather's family had a line of Spanish Mustang crosses along the Santa Fe Trail. Um, And we were actually living there when Mac McSwain came by and the Dildines with the Santa Fe Trail race. Anyway, so when the boys wanted horses, I immediately thought of Mustangs. I didn't know they were called Spanish Mustangs, but I thought I could rescue Mustangs. When I started looking around, they weren't like the horse, the horses that I remember as a kid uh, that were the last of that line. At one rescue, a woman said, it sounds like you're looking for Spanish Mustangs. I contacted uh, a family that was in Texas. We got our first four. <laughs> I, I made a rule. I was only going to get broke horses for the kids because I wasn't going to have to mess with that. And so... I was looking specifically for for broke horses, and there were two uh, with Jerry Britsky in, um, where was it, is it El Paso, I think, yeah, in Texas, yeah. We went there, and we got our first two uh, Snow Princess and Cadillac Jack uh, for the boys, and then they had two young ones that really they, they needed to rehome so we ended up calling back and saying, we'll take the two yearlings, too. So we went from zero to four horses in one night. And the place there, it was a um, pretty heavy drought at the time, as I remember. Yeah, so they, the, the horses had, had, uh, were really surprised coming to Kansas. And they were in, uh, obviously in the first like rainstorm they'd seen for a while because we looked out in the pasture and they all had their heads up and were just <laughs> <laughs> letting the water run over them. They, yeah, like, they love the thunderstorm. It's and so, water coming from the sky. <laughs> this is new. But yeah, we, so the, the boys learned to ride on um, Cadillac Jack and um, the other and snow. Uh, snow and, and on snow. They became more and more involved in, in horse things, but they're also involved in swords. That is what they are doing now, especially the, the oldest. They're planning a symposium in France in August beginning of August where it's mounted horseback. Yeah, mounted combat. Mounted combat, sorry. So it's dressage, but um, an actual kind of... Funner. 
Yeah. <laughs> Combat dressage. And we'll be taking four or five of our horses there. Sam, is it just swords in your in your dressage or do you guys use other weapons as well? Right now, we're kind of doing um, a whole load of different weapons, but we're focusing on sword as it's one of the most. But you're also doing you did you're doing archery too. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're doing arch, uh, mounted archery with the bow, uh, but that was more. We're trying to keep the two separate for the moment. Kind of the uh, we since we did a mounted archery uh, in the Native American style, and now we're doing mounted combat in the European style based on the uh, manuscripts that we have. So we're also doing mounted crossbow, crossbowmanship. We're doing mounted uh, with mounted combat with lances, mounted combat just wrestling, mounted combat with swords. Um, pretty much anything that is that we found in the manuscripts, we're trying out. When you say the manuscript, what is that? There are multiple. Uh, f- they call them Fechtbücher uh, or just fencing books that were made in the 15th century, which. 15th and 14th century, sorry. And they detail, I wouldn't say detail, since generally it's two sentences and a picture, worse than your average karate, uh, do it your own, do it yourself karate book. We've, um, and it's in old German, so it's even worse to read. But um, from, from there, you can generally uh, learn things like, and strike with the lance onto his lance and thrust into his, uh, onto his helmet. And from there, you can think, okay, how can I make that work? What are the ways that these general uh, string motions can work? Yeah. Um, if, sorry, uh, just one thing. If yeah, I can plug one, one thing. Um, if you're interested to see what these are, look at Wichtenhauer. It's W I K T E N H A. Oh, sorry. No H. A U E R. Yeah. Now, what is mounted wrestling? Mounted wrestling is just basically um, you'd think that wrestling wouldn't be very effective on a horse, but one thing it's fun as hell as all hell to do. Sorry, even not language. <laughs> Sorry, I, when I start to ramble, I forget my tongue. Yeah, it's all, it's really fun to do because a it's like one of the first things that guys do when they get on a when two uh, young men on horseback get together, they try and pull each other off the horse. And then you see all these, te- and then when you see the techniques, you see that they've really refined this. And although it looks very inefficient, they put a lot of work into doing this and writing it down. So it must be effective. And we know that uh, I mean, what Ross is an old German word for horse. So Rossfecht and horse fighting yeah. means that the the rider and the horse worked together fighting the enemies and in our research we're convinced that these were the horses that went to the crusades so this was a really um, that the, it wasn't you know the big drafty horses um, for sure so it makes sense that the crusades were more like say the Indian wars in the plains rather than lining up and charging each other there were small skirmishes in which case nobody and and probably nobody really wanted to hurt their horse if you really want to take out the other guy you you could lance his horse and therefore armor but the wrestling you would maybe kill the other guy but capture his horse which sounds a little bit maybe like what the plains indians did as well yeah there's whole books on on how to wrestle the other guy off his horse okay now your um 
are you participating in all of this uh, chivalry also? Yeah, well, I am. Now, we, we have to sort of separate two things. We're not doing jousting. Right? So if you see these pageants of uh, people in clad from head to toe in armor, tilting at each other with uh, uh, jousting lances in the lists, this is not what we do. That is a, a, a separate development. That was a sport that came up in the 16th century when essentially this uh, uh, the whole knight on horseback was already a memory, no longer a military reality. So what we're doing is the actual horseback combat techniques used on one hand in battle, but you have to realize that in the 15th, 16th century... Uh, a lot of the work of the mounted soldier was escorts, was uh, reconnaissance, was raids, where you'd be a small unit, uh, either attacking or defending yourself against brigands or assassins or something like that. So in that context, these differentiated martial arts where you're maybe not trying to kill somebody, you're trying to defend yourself, trying to get away, because even in the Middle Ages, killing somebody meant a lot of paperwork, which you might want to avoid. So uh, that makes this a lot more complex and a lot more interesting. Well, plus it, it's something that my oldest son did his graduate thesis on, but the armor, um, the later armor, right after the Spanish took the horses to the New World, becomes much heavier. And when Jörg was talking about the 16th century and the jousting, at that point the, the, the armor is very heavy and the horses are much heavier well that's after gunpowder became a major weapon so cannons and even guns are have caused the uh, technology to change in weaponry the early weapons when spanish mustangs were the royal horses of europe were was very light and there's even modern demonstrations of, of people break dancing in um, that kind of armor and that armor was geared toward sword fighting and maybe lances and maybe archery on horseback because it was enough to, to stop those kind of weapons. But when gunpowder and cannons came along, then, then it was a whole new ball game. So that's why the jousting, the renaissance, the tilting, the kind of stuff that you even see in Game of Thrones is much later. That's with a very heavy armor and horses, and all they have to do is run at each other. Whereas with swords, you want horses that that can maneuver, that can go sideways, that are basically what you would look for in a, a cow horse today. Or even a dressage horse in the English school. Or in hunting buffalo in the plains. You would look for a very a horse that can move very quickly and maneuver and... Be very, very brave as well. Yeah. For, for jousting, the horse's eyes were often covered because that was very vulnerable, and they didn't need, actually need to see anything. All they had to do is start galloping straight for about 100 yards. That's all they had to do. The horses are specially prepared for this one thing. Again, it's not what we're doing. What we're doing is working, as, as we're saying, working with the horses. The horse actually has to be a partner in this. They actually have to understand what's going on and, uh, and also have a bit of fun doing it. No, I was going to say, which our horses, for the most part, in, are enjoying it. And last year we had this same symposium in Germany. 
and someone brought, you know, like a giant drafty horse that he was going to be trying to fight on in the in the jousting tradition, and our horses were just literally running circles around him. So to me, it was pretty much a demonstration that obviously we did not take those kind of horses to Jerusalem and to the Middle East and expect to fight Arabs, as you know most textbooks show. Our ancestors were not that stupid. Now, so you brought back to Switzerland the four horses that you had in Kansas. No. <laughs> no, no. Well, because Cadillac Jack, he's our, our herd leader and a member of the family, and he's 13 hands high. And the boys were growing at like weeds then. They were 9 and 13. So it was obvious. And the other one was also, he was... Uh, 13 2 we, we've done archery in both of those two horses but it was obvious we were going to need some horses with more height plus I didn't want as far as promoting Spanish Mustangs it's not good that Europeans think that they're all 13 hands or you know 13 2 or under 14 so I was actively looking for a horse that would be at least 14 and, and um, at least 14 2 as a size, and I found one who's now close to <laughs> close to fifteen hands. He's fourteen three. Who came from South Dakota? He was raised by uh, or trained, sort of raised. He was bought from Dave and Sharon. Um, they they bred him, and I bought him from um, Lucy. He's out of Crazy Horse. Uh, we bought him, and then we bought two. Uh, two young fillies from Sharon Sluss in Virginia that we brought over because and they have um, obviously jumping in their blood and that's also what I'm looking at uh, training them to do um, and entering them in jumping competitions so we are using um, uh, for the last year year and a half we've been really actively studying the sort of back Buck Branham and Vaquero way of riding cowboy dressage because it allows us to do you know English western and all of the things that we want to do with our horses so yeah we've so we've got uh, we brought over after the first two snow was a bit old she was 20 so we left her with Stephanie Lockhart in Vermont um, along with another filly that we didn't think could adjust that well to all the different conditions. Our original five, uh, Cadillac Mac and um, Starbuck from Texas, and then um, Rebel Wind from um, South Dakota, right your way, and then the two fillies from um, Sharon Sluss, and they're both out of Cayuse Gold um, off um, the old Cayuse Ranch. Someone bought a, a stallion here, a German wanted a stallion, and then um, that didn't work out as an owner, so we ended up with a stallion, who was also bred by Lucy Rhoda, uh, out of her stallion Reno, one of Dave Reynolds' mare's uh, kitty bell. We now, and we have a foal from him, which is named after a sword. He's called Fader, which is, means feather, but is a feather light sword yeah so we now have seven the one mare autumn gold uh is she's about 14 hands but she's uh, a little jumper so we're working on training her for um a jumping competition 
Um, so each horse kind of has their talent. Sam is also interested in jumping, but we've we've done mounted archery, done the swords, and now we're looking at hopefully in the next couple of years doing some some other kind of local competitions, English and, and Western. Now, is there somewhere in Switzerland where you folks are actually able to do trail riding? Yeah, we just ride, ride out. I mean, basically, anywhere, you, anywhere you're allowed to walk, you can ride. There's restaurants all over the place, so, so we rode to one restaurant, had, had a drink, and came back. We're looking at tail cruppers, though, because yeah. I had a, a saddle go over my horse's head. I mean, because it is pretty steep. We are in the Alps. Mm. So coming from Kansas, I'm not used to having to deal with 90-degree angles. But the horses and do just fine in those angles. They do just fine, yeah. In fact, it's kind of a local Swiss thing that they have llamas <laughs> that they go trekking with, you know, because they can, and goats that carry, um, you know, the food and stuff uh, through the mountains. And we're like, we don't need any of that stuff because the, the horses are happy to go anywhere. I'm quite sure that if we uh, put all the saddlebags on, we could go for a, even, I wouldn't say a week, but a couple of days just riding. Well, in, in fact, uh, the eldest um, is interested in joining a new... Uh, the, the, there was a Swiss cavalry in town until 1971. Mm. And so there's a lot of old cavalrymen that are still alive, and they would like... They've been lobbying to bring back some form of mounted um, division in the Swiss military. Our oldest son has elected to maybe join this, and it would be kind of a saboteur, intelligence, messaging, courier thing, um, the way, what they're looking at now. They, they have a transportation, but he would probably take one of our Spanish Mustangs with him into the service and going all over the, the mountains. We're kind of looking forward to that. We think our horses are going to do better than the local Freiburger horses. Now, wait, I, I just want to get something here. So you folks, like from your house or from your stables, you can just ride out and go to a restaurant or a store or something or just ride out of town? Yep. Yeah, we go up the mountain. We're up in the mountains, so we just go straight up and through the farmhouses and... There's all kinds of... It's like in England where you have walking paths all over and people go out hiking. And it's, it's extreme trail riding, basically, <laughs> if you go on horseback. But, yeah, we do it. <laughs> That's great. I, I, you know, here, of course, where we live in South Dakota, you know, <clears throat> you would think with all the horses around here that you would be allowed to ride into town or something. You can't. To have a horse stable and, and horses are classified as pets here and not livestock. We have seven horses on one acre. <laughs> so we do a kind of modified paddock paradise. And we're, we're uh, it's a small town, but we're right off Main Street. And the train goes by every 15 minutes or so. So our horses have gotten used to a lot. <laughs> are you breeding your horses not intentionally, no. <laughs> Since we rescued the stallion, we were going to maybe breed one and then um, geld him. But my oldest son wants to keep him a stallion. So now we're just trying to figure out how to do that. But at this point, until we can create a market for them, 
and that's why we want to compete them first, then we might do a sort of boutique breeding thing. But right now we just have, uh, we have no plans to breed anymore. We have a, a, a charity organization called Spanish Mustang Brine, which we started to help people import horses. And it's a, we have a Facebook page as well with that. Anyone who has a horse to sell or whatever is welcome to post on Spanish Mustang Verine, which just means sort of like um, um, society. Yeah, if you want to see pictures of of us with our horses and that, I, I usually put a lot of our horses on there as well. I have some things, you know, I usually kind of share on the BLM petitions, uh, which I know some SMR people don't like. You know, even though we make a differentiation, you know, we love all horses, so we'd like to see the wild horses have their own land, too. Other than that, it's it's meant for Spanish Mustangs. Um, why don't you give me uh, some information on the uh, symposium that's coming up? Rosfechten Symposium. Now, this is about the mounted uh, combat techniques from the 15th and 16th century, uh, and it will take place at a place about an hour north of Paris, and it is from the 30th of July through to, that's a Thursday, Thursday 30th of July through to Sunday 2nd of August, and they'll, there is a B&B, or if you want to camp, there's camping, uh, with lots of workshops on both mounted and for those who are coming from let's say from the from the riding tradition but have never done mounted have never done fencing there'll be workshops to get them in to cross over and same uh, for those who have done the uh, fencing on foot but haven't ridden well, and there's things you could, for spectators yeah, you, you, can, you can so if you want to come and watch the Spanish Mustangs beat the uh, European modern horses <laughs> at their original game there's an update on the Ross Festen Symposium. The dates are August 1st through the 4th. That concludes another show. I hope you enjoyed it. To see my horses, visit youtube.com slash user slash Winbrookhouse. And I encourage all Spanish Mustang owners to put up videos, pictures, and stories about their horses in the hope of making the public more aware of these fabulous animals. Be well and safe. Remember, the natural world is the real thing.